Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Joe Cook. Today, joined by Justin Wells, we've got another edition of 10 Questions lined up for you. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, and check out Inside Texas. So, Justin, time to get our 10 questions in order. You ready to roll? Hey, I'm always ready, but I'm not as ready as the fans are ready for question answered on Thursday morning. Let's rock and roll. And we even got one guest over there trying to help us out with Rubble. He just stuff. acted like he didn't hear you. He's, he's oh. getting an attitude. I don't know what it is. Well, let's get right into it. Today is decision day for Dontre Robinson uh, on uh, an Orlando Jones High School product. Why is he such an important recruit for the Longhorns in the 2024 cycle? Because they need four really big, good, talented defensive linemen in this cycle. They only took one last year, Sadir Mitchell out of New Jersey. And so this this class, you're 12 months from heading into the Southeastern Conference, buddy. You better stack up that defensive line roster and that depth chart. And that's why the DeAndre Robinson's so important. They've already got two, Melvin Hills Jr. out of uh, Lafayette Christian and then Alex January out of Duncanville. Uh, DeAndre Robinson's been on campus a handful of times. He's really connected with Bo Davis and the staff. And Texas has a has a has a little liking for um, for those Orlando kids, uh, CJ Baxter and PK Kirkland. They're on the they're on the roster right now, and they would love to add another one in DeAndre Robinson. Yeah, you know you you talk about large humans with Kyle Flood. <clears throat> Bo Davis is the same way, and uh, DeAndre Robinson definitely fills that mold. Uh, I think he's over three hundred pounds, and uh, definitely the type of uh, that definitely the type of player that. Uh, probably fits a, to three technique, and you got to have everybody fit in those roles on the defensive line. So I'm going to put you on the spot. I don't know if you have an RPM in, but make the call. It seems like it's down to Texas and Florida. Who are you picking this afternoon? Yeah, I don't have an RPM in. I thought about putting one in uh, as I was prepping the decision preview, um, but then I thought otherwise. Um, I, I think um, – I think Texas has holds the cards today, Joe. Here's the here's the key, though. I wouldn't be surprised if he picks Texas today. I think that's what we're planning on. But Florida's not going to stop. Florida's going to keep recruiting him. It's very similar to C.J. Baxter last year. Florida State kept at him. You know, don't be surprised if Robinson commits to Texas today and still visits Florida this fall. I mean, that's how these out-of-state recruitments go a lot of times. And so I like the Horns' chances today, but I'm telling you, the Gators are not going to let up. Billy Napier and those guys are uh, they're gonna they're gonna stay on the local kid. Absolutely, and that's what they should do. So, all right, moving on to number three. Uh, let's say that this one goes Texas way. That gives you Melvin Hills, it gives you Alex January, then he gives you DeAndre Robinson. Who's next? Uh, who are they still after as far as defensive linemen? And you can even throw some edge rushers in there in that category as well. Yeah, like I said, if Robinson joins the fray, that that brings the number to three, and so and they're still they're still in the mix for a handful of guys along the defensive line. Um, I think at this point we'd have to see some some movement around. I think you'd have to maybe see some 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 more evaluations. I think they're also going to you know take a closer look at guys back in state. You know, always keep a spot open for possibly a a senior that might break out because the in-state crop isn't as talented. Edge position, you know, we talk about Texas needs four defensive linemen in 2024. They need at least three edge guys in this game, or at least two, possibly three edge guys. 
and that's that begins and ends with Colin Simmons out of Duncanville. Yesterday, he he tweeted out a little hint that a commitment could be coming, an announcement could be coming soon. Uh, that's something that all of us have been planning for. Actually, Zena Umiazulu, that's another guy that you know Texas is strongly in the mix. I think that I think they hold the the cards there, but. That one's one that's kind of gone a little back and forth. I know OU is is trying to you know creep up that in that in that recruitment as well. And then you have Danny Okoye out of Tulsa, uh, a talented edge guy. And then people keep asking about Jordan Ross. Um, that's another talented edge guy that that could be you know uh, people that talk about potentially uh, you know getting him back on campus. And so um, Texas is at three at the D line if they get Robinson today. Um, they want four, and I think they're always going to always keep their eye on the portal when it comes to that, kind of like Trill Carter. If you get a guy that's got a ton of snaps and, and all-conference accolades, um, it's always good to add him to the depth chart. And so that's what's going to keep – I think that's what's going to keep this uh, – keep the D-line hungry because they still want to add another guy, and, uh, and Robinson sure would be a good one to add to the mix. Like that. Can't forget Dominic McKinley either from uh, Lafayette, Louisiana, five-star in the on-three industry ranking. I think that's the one guy you may have left out. Um, there's yeah. uh, You, you kind of went more towards edge. I'll go defensive he'll, lineman. You yeah, he'll him. be a December guy. He'll be a December right. guy. December guy. You also have to think about uh, TJ Lindsay out of IMG Academy. Uh, they're going to, again, I think like you mentioned, they're going to continue to evaluate the state and this may be a position they keep an eye on in the portal. So uh, that's on the recruiting trail. I just got back from a week-long trip yesterday, went to Nashville for SEC Media Days, and uh, saw, a lot of, saw a lot of different things. So, Justin, it's time to turn the tables. I think you got to ask a question this time. All right, all right, all right. What was the buzz around Texas, even though Texas wasn't even in Nashville? You went to SEC Media Days, and Texas forgot to go. What was the buzz? So, uh, obviously, uh, Commissioner Greg Sankey started things out on, on Monday, um, and he was ahead of LSU and, I believe, Texas A&M, who were there on Monday. And so some Texas A&M players and Jimbo Fisher were, were asked about it. But uh, the buzz around Texas was we're looking forward to them in Oklahoma being here next year at SEC Media Days. Uh, they're putting SEC Media Days uh, in, in Dallas as a part of, you know, planning a flag in between four schools that are in that conference with Oklahoma, Texas, Texas A&M, and Arkansas. But I got to say the, the buzz around Texas was, I guess, mild curiosity in the same way that all the Texas players are, you know, look, are looking at 2023, that the Texas program's looking at 2023 to try to complete their time in the Big 12. All those programs are too. Uh, they're trying to look at, you know, uh, Auburn's looking at Hugh Freeze's first year. LSU's looking at trying to win the West again. Bama's trying to look at winning the SEC again. They're not really thinking about Texas that much, at least from the player and coach perspective. And even at the conference level, Greg Sankey's big opening statement, which was almost an hour, focused a lot on NIL. And he kind of carried the uh, company line, I guess, to say that, Brett Yormark similarly similarly said in, in that they want federal legislation. They don't like the laws like Texas has that allows basically states to do their own thing. And though the the footprint of the Southeastern Conference largely has a similar political slant, no matter what it is, that's still 12 different states that 
Greg Sankey has to try to manage as far as NIL goes. So uh, at least as far as the media members there, they were way more curious. I got to uh, make some introductions to some radio people, uh, to some some of our other on three sites, uh, some of our on three national people and, and just talk to them and try to figure out what they're thinking about as far as Texas. But it's mostly curiosity. Texas is a team they're not really familiar with. They haven't had to be familiar with them that much over the past few years. Sure, there have been one-off games, but they haven't been on the national conversation for good reasons. So the buzz was a lot of curiosity, and I think once we start getting closer and closer to uh, SEC media days in, in Dallas next year, and we're starting to think about you know uh, spring football, things like that, that's when you'll really see the momentum pick up and all these SEC programs and the environments around them start to realize, oh, we got a new team, two new teams to cover, and they are two of the uh, most well-known in college football. In the last two weeks, you, you've you hit a pair of media days. You've been to the Big 12s in, at AT&T Stadium with me, and then you went to, to Nashville. What was the difference? What's the difference in the Big 12 media days and the SEC media days? So the Big 12 used to do it at that Omni Hotel. Um, mm-hmm. it was always, we do, we've been joking about this for the past week. It always went right up against the Mary Kay convention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had football coaches and makeup sales, women, men and women. Um, and in the Stoops household, I think they, they came together as, as, uh, funny as that is, they moved it to the star where the Dallas Cowboys play, where Frisco ISD plays. And then I believe the SEC was thinking of, was toying with the idea of, uh, moving it to Dallas a few years ago in the Big 12 and smartly put it in Jerry World and said, this is where this is our football capital. And Brett Yormark announced, uh, uh, you know, the extension of the Big 12 title game in AT&T Stadium. But Dal- but the SEC is trying to come into Dallas and they will be there next year. The difference between the two, I think, is just, oh, man, <laughs> this the the attention the attention is similar, but at the SEC, it's a lot larger scale. Um, we, I, You got to see more of day two and see what it was like when Oklahoma was there. I was there when Texas was speaking at uh, Big 12 Media Days, and it was pretty crowded, but it wasn't just ginormous. It wasn't just a filled room. That ballroom at the Grand Hyatt in Nashville when Kirby Smart was speaking was packed. Uh, I'm sure the same held true for when um, I didn't really look around when Greg Sankey was talking, but I bet the same held true. Uh, I bet the same held true for Nick Saban. So it's just volume of people who end up there, I think is, is a big difference between uh, the two uh, events. Interesting. All right, let's let's pivot a little bit. What do you think Nick Saban, not trying to put anything in his mouth, what do you think Nick Saban was saying when he expects Sark to have an outstanding team? All right, so that's my – never yeah. mind. That wasn't a good joke. Um, <laughs> when you're a volume shooter, sometimes you miss. Uh, I, I wouldn't expect anything less to come from Nick Saban, um, unlike some other – former offensive assistants that maybe coach in the Lone Star State. Uh, Saban and, and Sarkeesian have a really good relationship. And I think Saban, he is actually a pretty respectful coach. He's not this, you know, totalitarian dictator 
that a lot of people portray him as. He, yeah, he does have that part, some of that aspect to his program, and you know the buck stops with him. But he's also he's still a regular guy. He's still a football coach, and I think he was impressed by what he saw from Texas last year. Uh, you heard it, I think, from Will Anderson and Dallas Turner that that was the loudest stadium they'd been in during their careers. Maybe it changed when they lost to Tennessee and Knoxville, but uh, I think that they were they. I don't know if they were surprised because I, I don't think Nick Saban tries to be surprised by anything, but I think that uh, he was he was impressed by what Sarkeesian had done in just the second year in, in putting that program and putting that team together. Um, I don't think it's a mind game. I think it's honesty, uh, but it's on Texas to not let it be a mind game and not let them think that it's rat poison as the old saying goes. So, uh, I think it was an honest assessment by, by Nick Saban, but I don't think it was anything, you know, really to take a, a larger meaning from. Ready to move back to recruiting? Let's shift. All right. July 22nd, there's another big decision for the Longhorns. Lancaster defensive back Corian Gibson, uh, basically down to Texas and Clemson, uh, Ohio State sneaking around. I don't think there's any other real competition for him. We've kind of said a lot of the same thing about this recruitment over the past couple of weeks because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of new to report. So, Justin, is there anything new to report, and where do you think the Longhorns stand with Corey and Gibson? It's pretty much status quo right now, Joseph. Um, Inside Texas will be in Lancaster on, on Saturday for the announcement. I believe it begins at 3, maybe 4 o'clock in the evening. Um, you know, Corey, and it, it's down to Texas and Clemson. Uh, and like you said, we, we we to give a quick review, this kid knew where he was going in May. He pretty much gave it away at the Texas Relays. He said he still wanted to take a few officials just to make sure. He hit Clemson a few times, loved it. Hit Ohio State, really liked it, and then hit Texas and and and, and felt like it was home. And so, right now we get to we get to wait for him to, to to make that announcement. I think it would be tremendous for Texas in this cycle. I think they've done a great job top to bottom. They've, they've been recruiting this kid almost two years now. And so there's a lot of longevity there. There's a lot of familiarity. And so I, I think Texas has put themselves in a great spot. Listen, Clemson doesn't play around. When they come into Texas, they take a few kids every year. That's what Dabu Sweeney has done. He's, he's built that. And so you can't take them for granted. They're, they're not letting up with Gibson. But right now I think Texas holds the cards, and, and we'll find out for sure on Saturday. So that kind of leads to my, my next question. Is this the hardest fought uh, recruitment so far this cycle for the Longhorns? Oh, that is a good question. Um, not to leave airspace, probably. Probably. Because I think it'll be surpassed, though. I think that answer yes, is pretty easy. It'll be surpassed. Yeah. yeah. It'll be surpassed, but... I do think it is just because, you know, it was Texas for a long time, and then Clemson really put a dent in this thing. I mean, he went there three times in two months. His family went a couple times on their own dime. That's big. You don't just go to Clemson a handful of times like that. The key there, though, is it's tough to go there and leave uncommitted. That's the key when, you, when you're going to Clemson. And so right now, toe-to-toe, I, I think there's some other battles that are going to be a little more fierce. And the ones Texas have snagged already, I thought have been not effortless, but they've 
the relationships have really carried over, especially with the running backs, especially with the receivers. And so right now, this you're, I think you could say that. This is going to be their toughest battle uh, to date uh, because, like you said, Ohio State's hanging around the rim, and Clemson, you know, they're, you, you cannot take them for granted. They recruit defensive backs very well. They recruit the state of Texas very well. And so to this stage, at this point in the cycle, I, I'd have to say this is their toughest head-to-head. Heard that. All right, we got to look a little bit forward because next week Texas is hosting uh, the, the dead period opens up at the end of the month for one week before it closes back up again. And all, you know, all levels of football from high school to pro start up training camp. But before then, there is a, uh, a event scheduled for next Saturday. Who do you think is the most important recruit of the list we have so far who's heading to Austin next Saturday? Right now, I'm going to split it up. Um, I think KJ Earl coming back is the most important. KJ Lacey, what's that? KJ Lacey, KJ Lacey, KJ Lacey. I, I think he's, I think he's the, I think he's the most important right now. I think he's the guy. Obviously, he, he committed on his last trip. I think him coming back and being around the other recruits is going to be a, a a plus one. I think that's something that 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 really gets amplified. But it won't be on Saturday. It'll be a few days before. But the modern day crew is coming through. And to me, Jordan Davison is the most important. You're talking about one of the top running backs in the nation. You're talking about a guy that Tashar Choice has identified early and often as a priority. They already got two for 2024, Jarrett Gibson and Christian Clark. Choice is all in on 2025 right now. The number is going to be two at, at this stage. And Davison's at the top. And so I think him coming, he won't be Saturday per se, but he's coming next week with, with those modern day guys. And I think that crew coming in is big because Texas is recruiting that school and they're trying to, to really open a pipeline to modern day starting, you know, you got Spencer Shannon, you got Brady Sarkeesian, you're trying to bring in a Brandon Baker and a DeAndre Carter. You're recruiting a Jordan Davis and a Marcus Harris. You got a Sean Smith that's going to come in from 2026, a modern day defensive end outside linebacker. And so to me, KJ Lacey coming back on Saturday right now is probably the most important on that day. But but from an re- overall recruiting standpoint, getting those modern days guys back on campus is huge because Sark really wants to plant a flag over there. And whenever you're building big time college programs, you have to go into those big high school programs and you have to make a dent. And that's exactly what he's trying to do in modern day. Chris Jackson, wide receiver coach, is a former player. So there's a lot of familiarity there. To me, Jordan Davison and that crew is probably the most important next week. I'm going to agree with you on KJ Lacey. Uh, you know, for it's very rare when we get surprised by a recruitment, but we were surprised by that commitment. Um, and it came out of the blue, maybe not for Lacey, but for us it did. And so when you think about a kid from Alabama, a highly touted kid from Alabama, uh, a, a high-end passer who – uh, all these schools, probably Sark and probably Alabama, are comparing him to Bryce Young. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a big deal to to get him back, to show him the forty acres again, to get him to continue to build that relationship, and then, like you said, bring uh, bring his relationship to other top recruits, uh, bring it up to speed. So I, I agree with you on Lacey. Um, we know that other schools are going to continue to recruit him, including Alabama. Uh, that whenever Alabama and Auburn get their 2025 quarterback takes and, and get that completed, 
that'll help Texas, I think, a lot in this recruitment. Not to say that they're in a bad position at all. They're not. They haven't right. committed, but it'll help everybody breathe a little bit easier uh, once that happens, just because that means the, the main competition, heck, even Ole Miss as well, when they get a 2025 quarterback, all the contenders that are still coming after K.J. Lacey, maybe they'll have filled up and uh, will help uh, help Texas fans, I think, breathe a little bit easier. But still – not saying there's anything to worry about. There's not, but it's always great just to get your quarterback back on campus, building that relationship because that's the guy who's going to recruit for you pretty darn hard as over the course of the entire cycle. All right. Last one over under. And I think if we're cutting it off now, I said over two. And I think I included the chances for Dontre Robinson. Don't think I hit that. So we did. We did. We did count that. Right. So, all right. So starting tomorrow to when we next record. So Friday to next Thursday in the morning, I'm going to set the over under at two. We have one for sure announcement that we know of on the 22nd. Is there another one you think could drop who could push that or hit the over? Push. Push. Are you push. thinking like me where an unannounced or an unscheduled one finally pops out of the blue? Boom. Yeah. That's I, I think we're getting to that point, Joe. We're, we're creeping closer and closer to that. Um, yeah, give me the push. And that that that's that that's two. And yeah, man, that's the thing. The scheduled ones we can identify. It's the ones that are kind of trying to go by their own timetables that make it fun, make it interesting. And so I'm going to go with push. What about you? I'm going to go with push as well. I think that's a safe, it's kind of a safe bet to, to bet on a tie. That's kind of weird to say, but I think that's where we're at at this point in the recruiting cycle. So real, real quick before we wrap up, KJ Earl, where did, where did that come from? Maybe I'm, I'm sitting here Earl. cycling my mind, like where that name came from. Maybe Jojo Earl because, from Alabama. Well, I think it's my name is Earl. I think was on or you know it's been running reruns or something and maybe that crept in the back of my mind or something i don't know good save there i, I like how you got your closer hat on you got oh, your brad lidge lid and so you came in for the save but i'm just i was thinking as you were talking where the hell did that come from who knows thank yeah. you again for watching another episode <laughs> <laughs> questions answered with Justin Wells and Joe Cook. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, check us out on Inside Texas. It's time to sign up. The season's around the corner. Inside team info all the way through uh, to the end of the cycle, end of the season. Thank you to our producer, Matthew Hutchinson. So once again, for Justin Wells, I'm Joe Cook. Thank you for watching on Texas Football. <laughs>